What happens when you get two friends together, one fascinated with the Old West and trees, and the other obsessed with space and struggles with every language? You get the Backyard Philosophy Podcast, a podcast that talks about history, science, and philosophy. Join us by the fires. We talk and learn about these crazy things that make up the universe. Before we start this episode, big shout out to the fan who suggested this topic. We hope you enjoy. Anarchy! Anarchy! I don't know what it means, but I like it. And after researching anarchy, I know what it means, but I don't know how it's ever going to work. Today we're going to talk about the system of government of anarchy. It's a little bit different than, well, just Molotov cocktails flying through the air and no order, but not that different. Before we get into it, Mike, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Well, I feel like I should be drinking vodka for this episode, but I'm drinking some bourbon instead. God, no cocktails flying through the air? Oh, that's a disappointment. What about you, Nick? How are you doing? What are you drinking? Yeah, damn. We This definitely is a vodka episode, but I'm drinking some Deschutes Twilight Ale and assorted beers left around the house. So Hey, sounds like a good mix. Yep. Well, Mike, you got some uh, the history of the train of thought of some of the anarchists that will bring us to the modern view of anarchism. And there's a lot of views. We'll get into that later. So if we don't hit your specific view, we apologize. Well, yeah, anarchy has been in human history for a while. I mean, as chaotic as dictating entire governments to Nick having a random assortment of beer. Had to throw that punchline in there. But uh, anarchy, currently as a definition, is absent of government. But where we get the word anarchy goes all the way back to the ancient Greeks. Always comes to the ancient Greeks. Anarchist, which means without authority, is an ancient Greek word. And that's where we get anarchy from. And anarchy has always been in philosophy, debates, uh, popped up again in the Renaissance, popped up again in the uh, Islam Golden Age, the Enlightenment, uh, all across all the continents, except for Antarctica, no one was there, in pretty much the same form where it's, to boil it down in its essence, is a person looks after themselves, nothing else. But there's always been caveats for that. We live in a society, we live with groups of people around us. And well, that kind of stems from what I saw researching into the 1840s. A quote, society seeks order and anarchy from Pierre Joseph Poundhounds in his book, What is property is kind of the symbol status of what anarchy would eventually get morphed into what is modern day anarchy that society seeks order in anarchy we were always looking for new forms of government trying to improve thinking always the grass could always be greener on the other side and that got escalated heavily in the early 20th centuries coming around the early 1900s at 1904 a Italian poet by the name Pietro Gori, sorry if I mispronounced that, I speak unfortunately no languages, I mess up with English all the time, but Pietro Gori came up with a poem which was kind of the spark to reunite the idea of anarchy truly as a governmental possibility, which is kind of weird saying the government possibility with anarchy, but the poem he came up with, it's kind of short, but it goes like this, the freedom of each is not possible without the freedom of all, as the health of every cell cannot be without the health of every whole body. And society is not an organism, 
Once a part of it is ill, the whole social body will be attacked and suffering. Which, reading that, and I know he was talking about anarchy, kind of sounds a bit communistic to me, but that will talk about that later on how communism and anarchy go hand in hand it's kind of scary and then as we put along around into the 1930s i believe or could have been a little later paul Friedemann, an austrian philosopher came up with the sorry i'm going to mispronounce this the epistemology anarchy the idea that there are no useful rules for the growth of knowledge and scientific discovery so wide spectrum which i want i'll come back to paul later but during world war Two, the Vietnam War, Korean War, it kind of died. And then back in the 1970s, punk rockers kind of took it up. And anarchy, once again, became in the mainstream light. And not only in the mainstream light, countries were trying to adopt it all across the world. Nick, you know some of those countries better than I do. So the best example today of what I think anarchism is, is Zomia. And it's an area in Asia that encompasses a, a lot of high mountains of different areas so all the way from the mountains of vietnam to the tibet uh, touching afghanistan there's a region with the population that's got over over 100 million people but none of these people are collect are in the same state they're all individual tribes who are just ungoverned and they don't all communicate with all of each other they just communicate with some of their neighbors so in a sense, their neighbors communicate with their other neighbors. There's no currency. It's all by trade. And this is probably, I'd say, the best example of anarchy. It's, it's, there is no central government. There's no elected officials outside of your individual tribe, your, your community. That being said, it's very different from our society. It's a lot simpler way of life. You know, there's not, you, you don't always have the technology that you have in the United States or Europe or someplace like that. And that's still going on today. And that's basically, these people are just ungovernable. You know, if they, someone tried to come in, they would just move. The area is so tough to live in. It's not worth a bigger government trying to come in. So those people are just kind of left alone. Another famous example of communist or of anarchism was the free territory or Macnovia. And Macnovia existed from 1918 to 1921, and it was during the Russian Revolution. It was the Blacks, as they were called, the Black Movement. You had the Red Army, the White Army, and the Black Army. You know, everyone in Europe, Asia, really good at naming things. <laughs> it keeps coming up, Nick. If Europeans, if you need to name something, contact an American. We call them much better names. Um, so... The Black Army was led by one man for the most part, but he was basically the in charge of the military. And, oh my gosh, his name was uh, Macno. That's why they're Macnovians. And they fought against both sides. They basically established a their own community. And they had a decent amount of people. They had 7 million people, which I guess in context for Russia, is that that many people? Well, considering this is like the white and red army, I don't know how many people are alive or starving or et cetera, et cetera. So I, so I have no idea. I was thinking it's a lot of people, but I don't know if it's a lot of people for Russia. But what happened is these people were, were fighting and they basically had an anarchist society. Everything was under the control of the workers, uh, the people. There was no 
representatives for the most part. The military was led by one man, but he wasn't exactly the general. He was just more of the strategist and people followed him. The society was set up. There was no real currency. Each area would set up their own kind of currency. And so they could trade with other areas, kind of, but it was mostly a trade society. It was sort of a communist society. There was no ownership. Everything was owned commonly. So all the factories were owned by the workers and all the labor, you know, you get what the factory can get. And then each area would elect its own kind of, if there was an issue, the area would kind of elect a person to take their issue to the neighboring area so they could all, then everyone could work it out together. And so this is probably one of the, another more famous example of anarchist government, mostly because there is no central state, which is a big, that's like the biggest check mark on the list of, of an anarchist government is no central state. And before we get too far away from it, uh, especially with Zumiya and uh, Russia, the trade and barter system I saw very common for attempts for anarchy being a good thing. Um, whether we like it or not, like uh, explorers going out west in the United States and the Spanish when they were in Florida and the French and stuff like that throughout the Americas, it, that wild frontier where it was a trade and barter system, there was no really main government, not really money being centralized. And if you needed like a sheriff, you would elect them. That's similar to this kind of anarchy. It's not exact, but I think it's a good analogy. I just wanted to point out. Yeah. So anytime there's an issue, they would have congresses, basically. People would come and people would send representatives of their area and they'd get together. But each time there's a congress, it'd be a different representative. So it's not like in the United States where you elect a representative for four years. It's you elect a representative to deal with that specific issue. Once it's done, he comes home and presumably he's paid in some way for his time. This was, before we get too far into all the different kinds of communism, this was an anarcho-communist state with the workers owning most of the means of production. That's where the communist part comes in and the anarchist part comes in from no central state. Yeah, I have to say, researching this, I kind of grouped anarchy together in one subject, but boy, does it splinter real fast into many different directions. Yep. Uh, another one that I thought was kind of interesting, in 1871, during the Franco-Prussian War, the quote-unquote working class seized power. The The Germans defeated the French, and the army tried to take back some arms that were left in Paris. And the National Guard of Paris, like the militia, which is different from the army, helped the citizens of France in basically liberating France from the French army and the Germans, and then they held their own elections to determine who would govern the city. And it kind of fell back into anarcho-communist with the means of production being run by workers. Yeah, some other places I came across, which I'm not sure the difference between a failed state and an anarchist state, because it seems for the some extreme arc, uh, anarchists, the same thing. When I was researching this, Somalia and Libya came up, and uh, Burkini, uh, Faso in Africa, Yemen. I would classify those as failed states, but some anarchists think that's just how it is, is anarchy. It's kind of every man for himself. So I guess it just kind of falls on the spectrum of where you are for anarchy. My favorite part about anarchy is 
Everyone is so specific about their brand of anarchy that they will fight each other tooth and nail over what is and isn't anarchy because I have seen Somalia both like the ideal anarchist state and not an example of an anarchist state like in the same people arguing back and forth over whether it is or isn't. Are anarchists the original hipsters? Basically. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, it's just so weird. And I didn't mention this in the beginning, but I, I think it's kind of important to note. It kind of shows how sometimes non-imaginative Americans and British are. Uh, during the 1970s, when the punk rockers brought back anarchy, the idea of anarchy into their songs, their culture, their uh, symbol, the famous A with a circle around it, everyone kind of recognizes it as the anarchy symbol. It's usually red. It's really simple. The A stands for anarchy. The O stands for order. So anarchy order. I just, I was hoping there was a deeper meaning behind the symbolism, but there's really not. I just wanted to point that out before we get onto what's the difference between a failed state and anarchy. I don't, I don't really know the difference when Somalia kept bringing it up. Yeah. So I guess that depends on what kind of anarchy you're talking about. And I think when people are talking about anarchy today, there's really two kinds of anarchy they're talking about, but we'll kind of list most of them. And let me know if you disagree, Mike, but I think the two big kinds are anarcho-communism, which we covered, and individual anarchism. Um, I would throw in a third there of anarcho-capitalism, which... Um, yeah, I think that'd be fall under the individualist anarchism, where basically there's no state and you anything you create, you own. Yes, basically. but uh, it, it kind of falls into uh, you can hire people to build your bridges, to be your own police guards. You can have your community hire, pretty much outsource the job instead of outsourcing it to the government. Uh, it's very interesting to me. Uh, I watched a podcast episode on Lex Friedman, Michael uh, Malice on it, which I, I bring that up because I'll bring that up later in the ep episode. So uh, maybe it is a subcategory of capitalism, but uh, sorry, individualism, but capitalism is, it's to me, nearly its own category. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So looks like we're about to fight about what is the meaning of anarchism. <laughs> yeah, um, just to name off some quick ones, which I will definitely want to shit on later. Sorry, I'm. It's, it's some of them are kind of dumb, but green organism. I'm uh, sorry, anarchism focusing on environmental and animals having the same rights as humans. Anar that's kind of their anarchy, which kind of just sounds like environmentalists, or if they're extreme, like using violence, eco terrorists. I, I just. I guess you're just calling a horse by a different name. And uh, crypto anarchism that only want forms of communication and currency not run by the government, but they don't really care about anything else. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of crazy ones. Like, uh, there's feminist anarchism. I don't know if you ran across that one. I thought that was a joke. I saw the title of it and I kept moving on. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Because I don't understand why they need to specify because most most part of anarchism one of the main tenets is that everyone is equal whether it's individualist anarchism or anarcho-communism is that you are equal and then with individualist anarchism or most likely capitalist anarchism then you can build up whatever but basically feminist anarchism and i would say as well this is literally i'm reading this from wikipedia as well i'm not making this up queer anarchism is kind of the same thing where basically they just think that the state is holding back feminist and queer issues so 
by removal of the state, then everyone will be more equal. But I understand they're removing the state to make things more equal, but I don't know if, uh, I guess we're just nitpicking now, but that, those are other kinds of <laughs> um, my, anarchism. My own personal definition of anarchism has always been the lack of government and the bigger stick wins when I think anarchy. Uh, where everyone's individual and shared, I think, communism, where it's individual and you own, I think, more libertarian. Like, the anarchy I think of is, I have more guns than you, I win, I get your stuff. It's almost, you can be a good guy or a bad guy, but that's always been my sense, is there's no cohesion. It's always individuals, and then whoever's got the bigger stick wins. So it's really weird when researching this, especially with the uh, art, the communist spectrum of it it's amazing how much communism bled into anarchy which i would i thought those two would be enemies to be to be honest with you nick yep and uh i completely agree with you that's kind of what i thought too but i did want to bring it back around um talking about individualist anarchism mike so i don't know if you ran across the works of henry david thoreau the american who also was in our philosophy of american forestry podcast bringing it back to trees not only was he one of the first <laughs> conservationist so maybe he was the first green anarchist but he also wrote about resisting the state as well as trees and that starting the transcendental movement it's very thomas hobbes like i i i feel like where it's uh the distancing from the government to have your own choices in your hands it's very appealing I'm not going to lie. Actually, I'm not going to continue on that. I'm just going to save on to that. But yeah, the... And I I just want to give an example uh, kind of for individuals' anarchism because it's really hard to define, I think. At least for me, it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around it. It's So one of the big examples of the individualist anarchism movement, at least in the United States, was the free love movement. And free love, most people are familiar with that. Basically, women were against anti-birth control measures, marriage laws, basically anything the state was meddling in with their personal lives. And basically it's just kind of like talked about with the feminist anarchists, just removing the state from your personal life, which I think there's some individualist anarchism in pretty much every American then. (laughs) Leave me alone and get off my property. (laughs) Yeah, um, also I think it's important to note out that even with those broad branches, they break off into either smaller branches and even smaller branches. Like you can have two groups with the same ideology, but one be violent, one be nonviolent. It's quite weird. Like that's what that was kind of the argument I saw for Somalia being an anarchical state versus non being an anarcho- anarchist state. Of well, Somalia isn't anarchy because they use violence. And then others will say, well, it's up to their choice if they want to use violence or not. That makes it a true anarchist state. I don't see anarchy not having some sort of violence in it whatsoever. I don't really know of any peaceful anarchy besides in that um, Zomia in the Southeast Asia region. And that, I would just argue, is almost like untouched tribes. They just don't have a necessary necessary reason for violence. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because this is where we're going to head eventually and for some reason, anarchists don't like when you ask them about the violence aspect of society. Um, but I do want to talk about it. And this is what a lot of anarchists have said of why there won't be violence or 
rape or stealing or any bad things. Uh, can I just say bullshit with that last part of the statement, Nick? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> there's a. Are you talking? Are you trying to say bullshit that in anarchist, which are probably fifty percent of the time, ninety percent or ninety percent of the time, communist communities, there's no stealing of resources. Ah, uh, your words, not mine. But yes, absolutely, yes. There's that's. Uh, and you, our anarchist says it's not going to be. It's going to be completely peaceful transfer. That's full shit. Sorry. Then uh, might hurt some people's feeling there, but history has shown there's no change of power that's ever done really peacefully. So anarchists think that these anarchist societies are going to be built on mutual aid and helping each other out. And the deterrent to violence and just general bad behavior is going to be the fact that to survive, you need a group. So, for example, if someone uh, beats someone up in whatever town you're in, the other members of that town don't want to get beat up, so no one would provide any resources, no one would sell him food, gas, whatever it is he wanted, and he'd be forced to leave. Or Why, why wouldn't you just steal the food? I'm not giving you my answers, <laughs> I'm giving you the answers from the internet. Um, so, the other argument is people have said that if you can if it's like an anarchist society and you can go and you know basically there's a lot of holes here all right i'm, gonna preface <laughs> this. I'm not this isn't what i think this is just what people have said to try and explain it that if there's so there's going to be so much opportunity in anarchist society because you're not going to be your need to meet certain requirements to get a job, like have a four-year degree or do whatever, because there may or may not be those institutions that your whoever you work for, if it's not a communist, anarcho-communist area, that all your resources are being met so that if you're in an area where people are beating you mean to you or being, you know, trying to take your stuff, you can go anywhere else in the anarchist it's not a state because there is no central state but area that your needs will also be met so basically they're saying it will help eliminate any domestic violence because you no longer have a again not my words you have women who are dependent on men who stay with these men even if they beat them but in a anarcho-communist society or anarchy society they can go somewhere else and get the same amount of resources so they're not dependent on whatever bad influence to bring them their resources. Right. Insert cracking knuckles here to poke shit ton of holes in this. Uh, and again, Nick, I don't know. I, I assume is this, this sounds like it came from Reddit. Did it come from Reddit? Well, a lot of my stuff came from Reddit because I couldn't wrap my head around it. And so I wanted to see what the actual arguments people were making for communism. So these were some of the communism or, of the or anarchy or anarchism. <laughs> What's the difference? Did I... I, we got to edit these out. I'm getting so confused. <laughs> uh, no, I I disagree with a lot of the statements you there. I will say the having no government and anarchy society will provide a lot of opportunities for people to fill that void of. I don't know, security, like I mentioned earlier, or uh, power sourcing, like uh, people are now in charge of the power. But unfortunately, that would also mean people are in control of the power. And, and say it's a capitalistic anarchy, uh, 
they can decide just to turn it off. There's no rules or regulations that force you to keep it on, and they can be completely prejudiced. They just they might not like the color of your skin, they might not like your hair color, and they might not the way you talk. They can just shut off the power, and there's no rules or regulations to do that. Now, you can make the argument, well, people can band together and do that. When on earth has that ever gone well, or has that actually worked get worked out in a nonviolent sense? It has worked in the past, but it usually comes by violent means. Well, Mike, that's just your status mindset. Oh, I'm... S- I also got that from Reddit. Oh, you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't see anarchy occurring or at least adopting unless there's violence ensuing. I, I don't imagine people who are in power would want to relinquish the power. And I don't imagine... Well, yeah, and like Mike said, so anarchism is all about a lack of state. Now, this is why I, I think anarchism only works with communism because just because there is no central government doesn't mean there's no power. So if you have, like we said, an anarcho-capitalist society, whoever, like, let's use power because that's a great example. Whoever generates the power, which is necessary for pretty much everything we do here, they're going to be pretty fucking rich and powerful. Whatever goods that they get paid in, a lot of anarchist societies don't necessarily have money like we said it's a barter system so even if they're not in power they weren't elected whatever whoever's holding the key to turn the lights on and off probably has a lot of power so how do you combat that well the anarchist would say well he has to trade with us if he only has power to offer he can't get food he can't do this true but if he doesn't turn that power on you can't get oil you can't get all this stuff to harvest and i bet you could he could find at least one person to trade with yeah and a lot of the that's another good point a lot of the arguments for anarchism make the society make it seem like the society has one mindset like oh this guy's bad we're not going to trade with them people do shady business deals all the fucking time what makes you think that that's going to change in an anarchist society i i think anarchist societies do work and there's a lot of examples of small anarchist societies like in Denmark and other places but generally they're all under a few hundred people and i think it's a lot like communism where as soon as you hit that 50 person mark it kind of starts to go downhill so i agree with everything you said except the very beginning part where you saw anarchy communism being the more realistic of the two anarchies i saw the individual capitalism anarchy being more realistic than the communist one well, I guess what I was trying to say is I think from the thought process of explaining how anarchism could work, I think it's more reasonable because a lot of their demand, I guess, arguments of why it would work met need need everyone's resource needs to be met, whether it be food, medicine, shelter, water. They they need to be met for in for the society to work is kind of what it seems like to me. Well, I, I it's interesting how we like we were talking about the power uh america actually did a not on purpose but accidentally did this a small anarchy capitalism um during the late 19th 19 no during the late 19th century with the expansion of the railroad railroad uh, typhoons uh, sorry railroad titans would lay the law like they were so rich and so powerful they could monopolize they could set they could troll the trade and barter across country i mean look at the rockefeller rockefellers the vanderbilts it created nearly monopolies and that's because there were no stoppage of the law and it's not like people 
had to trade with them. You always have a choice. But if Rockefeller is making kerosene oil to light up your home and heat up your house, and it's way cheaper, way more efficient, way safer because he ran out all the rest of the competition, you're kind of forced to do that. It's almost like a dictatorship. So America has tried it with those titans, and it didn't really, that anarchy didn't really work out. I mean, it was all up for grabs. Anyone could have grabbed it by the horns. But once you get a monopoly on something, you control the pipeline. You you don't have a choice whether you want to trade with them or not. Yeah, and a lot of people who are anarchists would probably be against that example of anarchy because a lot of it it comes it comes from a good place a lot of anarchists want everyone to be equal which i think most people do yeah it was a lot of individualism and a lot of individual freedom which i think everyone can get on board with but that's almost more power than a central government had i mean you could you can vote out in the united states you can vote out a, an elected official Yes. It took a lot of work to get rid of what some people would call robber barons, some people would call captains of industry. Yes, I would agree with you, but the the voting, it's not as powerful as people think. You can vote out officials, but if it was, say, the capitalistic anarchism, you can choose, uh, I'm just going to use two generic stores, Walmart and Target. You can choose to go to one or the other, yet has a much more powerful vote than the vote for your electric official. Because 49% of the country could evict one official and the other 51 evict the other official, the 51 wins and that 49 loses. With the shopping, it's solely your choice and only really affects you. So in some aspects, I see anarchy having actually more power than voting. That being said, I still think voting is important and it has a lot of power. Because like you said, Nick, once you start getting above a certain amount of people, you need to set basic ground rules across the board it's not like small individual tribes that can make up their own like town to town when it's dealing across borders going to different places it's like um how hard it was for the mongol empire to have universal laws across the land like how crazy it was to have that done it's you need some sort of system like an arrow doesn't fly straight unless it's got a point you need some hierarchy and i i don't know if you came across this when researching hierarchy uh, sorry not uh, anarchy is that even on an individual, like, complete anarchy, complete chaos, even in relationships, there's still hierarchy. It, no matter what kind of removal of power, it'll create a power vacuum, and there will always be hierarchy in some sense of the form, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in a apartment. I like the apartment owners, uh, the apartment renters making the ideas on the apartment flats. That was I, I really enjoyed that, Nick. But hierarchy always comes into play. Hierarchy leads to government. Yeah. No. I definitely agree. And I think that's why I think anarchism in the ideals of everyone an individualist seems to fit more with the communist, I feel like, just because of to truly get the outcome that they want, which it's not, it doesn't, again, this is, I'm trying to paint a somewhat broad brush over a large group of people of anarchists. Everyone's an anarchist for their own reason. A lot of the people want equality of outcome, which they want everyone's resource needs to be met, which is they think getting rid of the state is the best way to do that. Where anarcho-capitalist, which I think is the smaller majority of anarchists, I don't know what you agree or disagree with that, but they 
want just the state to get out of their way so he can make as much money do whatever they want themselves. Oh, I, I would completely agree with that. If I had to take this as an educated guess, I have no numbers or statistics for it. I would say 75 to 85% are anarchist communists and the and the last remaining the 15 to 25% are individualism slash capitalism. I would say overwhelming majority is the anarchists kind of fall in the communist category, at least in my opinion. Yeah, that I think that's right. And so I just I find it hard to imagine any society devoid of power. Like what would that look like? Like well, it only takes one asshole to claim the throne and once he has a throne, he makes the rules. Like if I if me and you Nick convinced ten people and we went to another tribe that only had five people, that five group of five people is now under our control. They now, you know, pay us tribute and stuff like that. Next thing you know, we have a king or dictatorship. Right. And this is I think one of the problems with with the the anarchy movement is the lack of a central government. I know, I know I sound like a statist, but hear me out. <laughs> Foreign powers. Now, again, there's a whole lot that goes on in the anarchist community. So basically, the a lot of the anarchists believe in a revolution that's going to happen, and it's going to turn the entire world into an anarchist world. Borderless, basically free the trade, removal et cetera, et of all. Yeah, exactly no governments but what happens if we only turn one country into an anarchist world and we basically disband our central government let's say the united states turns into an anarchist state one could argue like the united states is a bad bad example because there's a lot of guns in the united states let's say europe let's say let's say germany say sweden norway one of those countries with a lot of resources turns into an anarchist state and they have no central power they have no military to protect them. They have no foreign treaties to help protect them. What's to happen? What's to, what's to stop one bad actor? We're not going to name names, but I think we all know who we're thinking of. Nine, 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 nine. To come in. <laughs> I was thinking of China. Oh, I was thinking of another uh, uh, goose stuffer. Well, anyway, one of those what's two assholes. <laughs> Maybe one of those countries stopped killing an entire race of people. Nope, still fucked up. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there's no central army to kind of stop that to make treaties with other nations because, like they did, like they did in Macnovia or the Free Territory, the the Black Soviet Army, they convened congresses to meet and then they'd meet and come up with a solution, and then Nestor Makov would lead the military in kind of an appraisal generalish role. But you have to there's more to fighting a war than just fighting. You have to have supplies and logistics to move all those people around. And without a, a structure, are people just gonna keep fighting or are people just gonna start wandering off at, if supplies or so runs low? Who signs the peace treaties? I don't treaties? know. Yeah, who signs the peace treaties? When is it done? You're not dealing with a group of people. You're dealing with individuals yeah um also i would gladly take a a small organized group versus a bunch of groups ragtag together i think uh effective order hierarchy is much more effective at conquering than ragband groups and i want to point this out because it is a fair argument say norway was getting invaded don't worry norway me and nick would come to the rescue and they were trying to 
put their groups together, their smaller tribes, because they're in an anarchical state. It can be possible to overthrow a more powerful invader. I mean, the Greeks did it against Persia. Athens, Thebes, Sparta, uh, Macedonia, they all banded together against the Persians, a much stronger force. It is possible, but it's also more rare than you think in history. So I would not put my eggs into that basket, so to speak. It's what happened to the free territories. Makhnov got rolled over by the uh, the Red Army. Yeah. Um, there is another anarchy I kind of mentioned in the beginning, which I might be a little bit too soon to talk about. But, so, but before I actually bring that up, uh, since I mentioned the Greek states, if the United States were to go into anarchy, a controlled anarchy, not just utter chaos anarchy, I see each state, so Texas, Florida, Oregon, New York, California, well, California would just fail. Uh, they would all become their own. What do you mean? They're failing now. <laughs> they would all become their own countries. I don't think you can have such a large collective of humans and and people under one flag or under one banner or only under one unity form without some type of central government. I think it would just disperse and fracture into smaller governments. Isn't that kind of what the Articles of Confederation were? Why they didn't work? There wasn't a strong enough central government to keep the states together? Yeah, uh, pr- so pretty much. In a sense, sort of a, not complete, There, each state had its state government, but some kind of anarchist government. And not every anarchist idea of anarchist involves no government. Basically, it, it flips, the, a lot of it flips the power spectrum. So your most important officials who most of the time would be elected just to deal with one issue would be your local, you know, mayor, governor, what your your town uh, mayor would probably be the most powerful position. But he'd that quote unquote mayor would most likely be a committee of a few people elected to deal with a certain issue. And then you'd send representatives to other communities to oh hey, we all want to get this road built that connects all of our communities. This is how much we're willing to do and how much we can pay kind of shit. Is it bad every time you said thinking of mayor and anarchy? I keep thinking of, of the mayor in Blazing Saddles, Mel Brooks. It's probably not the best example of it. But no, I... Mayor of Rockford. <laughs> there are some examples of anarchy that even I agree with. Um, a lot more privatization of certain businesses and certain structures. Uh, again, I bring up Michael Malice because I quite enjoy his work, though I don't agree completely with everything he says. The U.S. Postal Office and U.S. Postal Office is failing, and we pay taxes to fail that. Even if we don't use it, if we use UPS, FedEx, which is far more superior, we still, our money and the money of the competitor for United States Postal Service goes to the United States Postal Service. Michael Malice bought this point, and I think that's ridiculous. That I think a lot of things should be privatized, which are now run by the government. That kind of anarchist, I understand, but it also kind of falls into libertism. So it kind of bleeds the line in between the two. Yeah, and I think a lot of, you see that, you see a lot of libertarian who lean more towards the anarchist side, but it's hard to differentiate mostly because so many anarchists are communist. But yeah, I personally, I'd like to get rid of NPR. If we could stop paying taxes on that when we pay thousands of dollars every year so that there's a state-sponsored radio program when fuck mike we do this for free we're actually losing money yeah (laughs) you're not wrong 
Um, it it was very interesting because I was very curious on taxes. Like, how are you going to pay for the roads? How are you going to pay for the garbage? How are you going to pay for water, sanitation, transportation? One of the communist anarchists, uh, what I saw in their manifesto isn't the right word, but maybe layout for their... There's a manifesto as a certain connotation with it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe their layout for what their anarchy is, which is very communist, is, is the people who have a better harvest that year pay higher taxes i'm like how is that different than people who make more money make pay more taxes i i'm not really seeing the difference it just seems like you're still getting the short end of the stick if you work your ass off right and this is where i think a lot of this is reinventing the wheel <laughs> i'm so happy you said it like that so like people talk about so say for a city you'd have if you're going to collect quote unquote taxes or or build something together, you know, people think it's going to be a lot like, you know, out in the country where we have a shitty road, it connects five houses, everyone puts in 20% of the cost to repair the road, which is fine when you're dealing with five houses. But when you're dealing with the town, like, let's say if we were were an anarchy society tomorrow, my, what many people would consider a small town of 16,000 people, 1600 people that's a lot of people to get money from to build a road and then you're gonna barter okay nick have you ever been you ever been to a town hall where everyone tries to speak imagine that with your entire town now yeah but now we're trying to barter because a lot of anarchist societies don't use currency so what do we have to trade to get 75 miles of road put in to connect us to the main roadway through the state trees i mean we got fucking fish and cows but not everyone has a fish and a cow so we're probably going to do some order of tax of well oh you're you know you have all these goods you're going to have to use them use the road more than i am i'm just going to use it every once in a while and we're basically just back to taxes have you ever seen the family guy episode where peter gets rid of taxes and brings it all back together no it's it's very similar he says like who needs the government goes into chaos and he goes well we should have some volunteers be the fire fire department and well, since they're volunteering, we should help pay them. Like, if everyone chips in a little bit of the percentage that they make. You mean taxes? No, 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 that's stupid. not that thing. We got rid of that thing. <laughs> no, but uh, it's uh, it, it seems anarchy is much like communism. It's good on paper, impossible to execute. But there is one aspect or category or s- branch of anarchy that I actually agree with and I think should be implemented right away. Uh, Paul Friedman, the Austrian philosopher who I, kept, I keep bringing up, came up with espionageal anarchy and that's pretty much the idea that no useful rules for the growth of knowledge and scientific discovery so pretty much when it comes to inventing science ideas testing theorizing throw out the standard you know um, scientific method you don't have to go through that to get results of course it helps if you can verify and prove stuff like that but you don't have to use the system that's always done do whatever you can to get to more knowledge gain, more progress. Don't follow the institution. Don't follow the rule book. Don't, the standards are unrealistic and they help create bad science because not all science can be explored the way they want to be explored. So that's kind of an anarchy I really agree with and I really vibed with. I don't know if you came across that, Nick. Yes, I think that's, I didn't come across it there, but it does kind of remind me of like we talked about in the Jon Snow cholera outbreak episode of everyone thinks they found a cure to cholera and they just start publishing it. Now, 
I'm not saying that that would definitely lead to that. When I and because don't get me wrong, I hate the way scientific articles are published and paid for right now. But there is a sense to order, but there also isn't. Like some things are found by accident. Like a lot of good things are found by accident. So I get it. What happens if I combine both both best of both worlds? The best of both worlds. So say you can research and figure out whatever you want without following the normal standards of science specific research but to publish it still needs to be peer-reviewed and verified that's true i mean that would work it just seems like it seems like we're slowly coming back to the what we're using or maybe getting rid of a few regulations more than anything else isn't that the goal nick isn't that the true goal (laughs) well that is the goal and i'm not quite sure if you have anything on the facts or funny things that communists Sorry, not communist. Anarchist communisms and ca- capitalist anarchisms came up with because there. I do have some questions for both these, and I was hoping maybe you could answer them. I got some questions too, but shoot away. Uh, standards in medicine, like, uh, so to be a lawyer or doctor, you have to pass a certain test and, like, quite literally pass the bar to practice. Well, with medicine, would it be different in every place? So some have a higher form of teaching and learning for medicine so you have better doctors elsewhere instead of a higher standard across the board and like how does one pay for that like if you're i guess that goes back to communism i guess if you're injured the entire town pays for it but what happens if someone's born with a disability that can't work for their entire lives are you just i i don't know i i'm curious about standards across industries so i think what it comes down to is this is what a I think an anarchist would say. I guess I'll preface that. So you're going to have people, different levels of, I don't know, good doctors, bad doctors practicing medicine, but you're gonna your word of mouth is gonna spread around to say, oh, this guy's a good doctor, this guy's a bad doctor. Now another big pillar of anarchy that I don't that I think isn't talked about enough spread of information is very important in anarchist society. Now, I don't think that's really possible in a lot of anarchist societies, the way that a lot of anarchists in the United States think it is. But basically, Yelp for doctors is the solution in an anarchist society, in an individualist anarchist society for that. In an anarcho-communist society, it's goods are provided by everyone else, everyone chips in for everybody. And so everyone's resource needs are met. Yeah, but I'm thinking... Even all right. Let's say on the opposite coin with capitalistic anarchism, if you you simply want a better doctor, the doctor can charge more, so you can't afford it. So you're sh- you're sent it to a shittier doctor. I mean, with modern so- society, at least insurance, you can go to the best doctor. Granted, it might be expensive. You still might be paying out the wahoo, but you still have an opportunity to get that doctor, the best doctor. So I I, I and like you were saying with roads. Well, if I import this sand to make my you know. Uh, my filler. Well, this sounds crappy, but that's the only way I can get to me because, you know, transportation. Oh my God. I just thought about air control. How chaos air control would be in an anarchy society. There'd be no, no central of when the, the planes would crash into each other constantly. So the anarchists would say that there would be chaos at the beginning, but it would even out because citizens would establish. All the pilots would be dead. Well, that too. But citizens would establish their own rules. Yeah, but I imagine the citizens making their own rules would be, again, once again, subsidized into a smaller states. 
It wouldn't be this whole collective United States. It'd be smaller individual states, individual countries. Right. Which I think is part of the problem with a lot of these anarchist principles rely on immediate rapid spread of information, which I just don't see coming from small bands of individuals living together. That would make Google even more powerful than it is if that was the truth. Yeah. For example, like going back to like we talked about with violence, one of their deters to violence is, well, you just tell everyone that this guy's a murderer and a rapist and no one does business with him. What if this was the Wild West? And you just travel two fucking states away. No one's going to know, you know, that you're the fucking uh, Billy the Kid. Like, you just change your name, go by a different name. Like, I don't know. I I think that's part of the problem that, one, there's a very, uh, a lot of anarchists believe that we're going to have this soci- this technology that we have now, but in an anarchist society, that we're going to be able to communicate everywhere. But what does that look like? So every time there's a murder... Is your phone going to ping and it's going to be like, this guy murdered someone? If so, who regulates that? Who puts that up there? Or do we all just ping each other all the time? It's kind of like, uh, what's it called? The police notifications on your phone and your map. Like the silver alert, phone, like amber alert are. stuff? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Like the speed trap stuff. Like there's a speed trap here. Be, be careful. Yeah. But so, so, okay. So say you say, hey, there's a murderer here. Be careful. And then that guy goes two states away. No one's going to be looking for that guy. People might be suspicious of out-of-towners. So maybe you're just, people will retreat into their small communities because they know everyone, they trust everyone and won't let outsiders in. I, I guess that would be the solution unless you can properly vet them. Yeah, I don't think that's, I just don't see it working at all. I, there's there's just too many hurdles. And that's part of the problem right now with, right, with look at people trying to flee from Syria. They have no records of what they did in the past. So it's hard to get into a civilized country when we don't have any background on a person. So it'd probably be the same way if we retreated into anarchist societies. Unless someone knew you, you probably wouldn't be able to let in. I mean, it's exactly what happened with the, the whole Chaz Chop situation, right? Up in Seattle. they It was supposed to be this whole open borders, like no state, pretty much an anarchist society, but more of a communist society where everyone helps each other. And it quickly turned into murdering and torture. And it quickly turned into no freedom of press. The state quickly established itself, and they put up borders because they didn't trust who, people who were coming in. So I think that's one of the big problems is... <laughs> Anakin, you became the one thing we didn't want you to become. <laughs> you were the chosen one, Anakin. You were supposed to oh. save the Jedi, not destroy them. You're, sp- you're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Yeah. You were my brother, Anakin. And I think... All anarchists, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, all their anarchy transformation of power all has to happen within a short span of time. I can't see long, like, if it's a slow transition of power, I can't see anarchy working. I think it'd just be chaos and civil wars. And never in my research I've ever crossed any history as a power quickly changing a regime change, like, not just regime, but different political system that happened quickly. So going from king to democracy or democracy to dictator has never happened quickly. It's always been a slow thing. I mean, look at the United States from what, 1740s when we started getting pissed off about not paying taxes for the French and Indian War and then going through there onward, then we into the Revolutionary War and then that didn't get settled for what? until the 1820s after the war of 1812 against the british again like it takes decades if not longer to solidify after a major 
type of governmental change. So to switch to anarchy overnight, it's not going to happen. And it seems like most anarcho systems want this to happen overnight. And it's not possible. Okay, so this might be a dumb idea, but hear me out. I think people long for anarchism because it is that transition from bad government to a better government, like in between, you know, there's revolutionary war and, at, and until the ratification of the constitution or other areas. Basically, it's that transition zone, but you never stay in it. And so it's always that place of we fought for our freedom and now we're free. It's that, uh, you know, you look at it with rose-colored glasses, right? Because this is the best time. Like, we we had everything here, and it started to go to shit, and we started establishing our government. But you were really just in a transition from one government to the next. So could it be that that's the thing that people look back on and be like, oh, this is awesome, but really it's never more than anything but a transition. You know, it's like that time when you were single before you get married. You're like, oh, man, that was the best. But you never trade your married life to go back to being single. I mean, well, that today's day and age, maybe you would, but it's kind of like that of, oh, man, that was fucking cool. Would you do it again? No. I mean, you wouldn't trade what you have now for it, but at the time it was fun. I don't know. I was just thinking maybe it's like you're talking about being a transition that it doesn't have enough time to build into something bad, right? Like you're if you're experiencing anarchism as a transition of forms of government, it doesn't sour like in Somalia. It turns into something great. So you only have that period of time when you had no strong central state government looking after your federal government. Just look at the uh, Whiskey Rebellion. Everything was great until the Fed started taxing you. Your new state was awesome, right? It's always fun drinking. It's never fun to have the hangover the next day. So uh, maybe there's some of that mixed in with anarchism. Your your comment kind of made me think of that. Or I could be an idiot. They're, they're, actually, both of these could be true. Same. I, I, I just don't see anarchy working. There are parts of anarchy which I like. I mean, hell, there's even parts of socialism that I like. But you got to cherry pick those. So you got to take your time and think those through. Because everything, it, it's a ripple effect. And speaking of ripple effect, let's just say one country becomes an anarchical country. And I don't know if anarcho is a word, but I'm going with it. Border trade. How on earth do you trade with an entire country that has no government? Like, I imagine we, America or the UN has tried trading with Somalia, and I can't imagine that went well, and I imagine that we don't do it anymore. I also imagine that would be the same if the United States turned into an anarchy society. How does goods from one end get to the other, and how do... You set up tariffs, taxes, regulations, standards for incoming goods from foreign countries. I don't understand how that would work in an anarchical society. Well, okay. So one, when I imagine an anarchical society, and maybe I don't have any imagination, but I imagine them not producing the quantity of goods that a nation like the United States would trade with for the most part. They might produce smaller, more well-crafted goods. So I don't think it'd be like a huge trade issue just because it's you're not going to be getting China quantity goods out of these trade partners, right? Now, I disagree because there's some minerals and resources that just simply aren't on our continent. We need to import them. Like neodymium, it's in magnets that are in everything. We can't have MRI machines without them. We can't have like engines without them. We need to import those. Well, we're going to, we're going to, pay for them then however we can i mean we'll barter the united states is going to get what it needs i'm not worried about that 
I just think you won't see formal trade agreements with this country. You'll see formal trade agreements with the co-op of people. And I see if the that formal trade agreement, they decide not to honor it, probably the United States forces stepping in to kick those people in the line. I, I don't know. I mean, but I also see if someone from that area decides not to honor that treaty, someone else is going to smell a big fucking profit of trading with the U.S. and going to step in and take it over. So I, I really don't see a huge problem of them trading resources internationally if they have something to trade that's worthwhile. See, how I see it is a foreign entity trading different prices for different regions. So say... Let's, let's we'll say their up. commodities oil. Okay, let's say oil. Uh, let's just look at the East Coast. The deal I make with Florida might be better than the deal I make with South Carolina, just simply because it's not unified. Each one's different. I'm dealing with, I might have to deal with the business individual basis. I'm not dealing with countries or states anymore. I might have to deal with every single business rather than having one company go to this, the United States, sell it to the United States, and the United States disputes it, uh, disperses it. I you might have to sell individual basis at different prices. Some might get cheaped. Some might get good deals. It might be, it's just a logistics nightmare in my mind. Yeah. And I guess then the question is, okay, so you created this logistics nightmare and all I'm picturing is a spreadsheet from hell. So who's going to run that? You're, you're just building up these massive businesses to deal with trade. I, I don't know if I really see anarchism. And if you can, and if you control the ports, you can control the oil prices because the oil has to come through you. So I guess, okay, so I have a lot of questions. So my first question is, if this is an anarcho-communist society, then you have the quote-unquote workers in control of means of production. So you're probably going to have a few people to deal with, so you're going to agree on a price. But in an anarcho-capitalist society, you have one owner of that who you're dealing with and working with. Either way, it's, I feel like you'd rather, I'd rather deal with the anarcho-capitalist you can cut a deal with you know some mutually beneficial agreement they have to make enough money to want to keep working with you but not so much that you get stiffed right yeah uh, i i would also want to point out that i don't think in any world that anarchy communism would ever work simply because communism has never worked the anarchy carnet capitalism i'm much more open <laughs> to imagination so because there's it's a possibility it could work yeah that's a really good point <laughs> Um, okay, so an anarcho-capitalist system, I don't think I don't think it'd be any different than dealing with OPEC right now, honestly, where you just have the price goes up and down, who they deal with goes up and down. Like we'll adjust because we need it, I guess is is how it'll work. If it's a good that we absolutely need, we'll figure out how to deal with it. That's that's a fair point. I I definitely agree with that statement. But it would be difficult, like you're saying. Well, look at look at OPEC again. They established a committee would say because there's no state right so you could be dealing with one refinery and that's going to be completely different from the next one but most likely just because of how humans operate i think these even if they're anarcho-capitalists they would start to work together to maximize profits if they saw an incentive in it and i think that they would just like we talked about with the railroad industry is they saw an opportunity where they could work together and maximize profits. And I think it'd be the same way with the oil refineries as they would get together and make a bunch of money. Yeah, that didn't really, really work out for everyone else except for the railroad people. Just wanted to point that out. No, but I mean, I, that's 
But the whole point of anarcho-capitalism is that there is no state. So that's not really frowned upon in that society. I mean, I think the people who are anarcho-capitalists would actually probably encourage that and say, if you can provide this product for as cheap as you can to as many people, you're doing them, you know, in a favor. So I don't think that'd be looked down upon as having a monopoly in an anarcho-capitalist society as it is in our current society until... That's a lot of fancy words to say Amazon. (laughs) Well, people hate Amazon, but they still order from it, don't they? No, I think Amazon's a perfect analogy for what you just said. Like, if they don't care if you're a monopoly, if you're still a good enough product, it's looking produced, we don't really care. I think Amazon's a perfect analogy for that. There you go. That is, yeah. I can't believe I was like, oh man, I wish I could try and make this simpler. The problem is, anarcho-capitalist is such, it. it's such a long way to say, fuck the government, buy my shit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Less red tape, less taxes, and it's pretty much federalism. But yeah. Or federalist, yeah. Well, I mean, in a sense, probably turn into feudalism, honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. So my only question, and I don't know, I answered when you asked, I didn't know if you had came across any answers to what's going to curb violence in an anarchist society. You know, we talked about spread of information saying this guy's a a murderer, blah, 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 and we're not going to sell him shit, but... Like we talked about, there's black markets all the time, but I don't know if you ran across something, because this is my biggest gripe, I guess, with anarchism is what's going to curb violence. And I saw others that said, well, you just have to be armed enough to defend yourself. It's like, fair, but that's on an individual level, I guess. I don't know. What did you see? I saw three things. One, I saw the armed thing, which is simply everyone arm themselves, take care of your own, your own shit, and don't dial that one one, just go for your nine millimeter or 1911. The other two I saw, one, which I can sort of get behind, is kind of like the Wild West, where you kind of get a posse up together. Now, granted, you won't be able to have a fair trial because you're being tried by everyone in that community that you might have, may or may not have just done wrong, but it kind of, it sort of worked in history of having that Wild West justice, and I can sort of see that being solved too. Yeah, but in the Wild West, you had a lot of... There's a lot of rules, martial sheriffs, is in any town you had to surrender your weapons, which is the exact opposite of individual anarchism or capitalist anarchism. Yeah, um, I guess it just depends on what society you're going to. Uh, I can see that sort of working. Again, I always see some form of hierarchy. I can't. I don't see. I mean, even in the animal kingdom, there's always some form of hierarchy. Humans are no different. There's always going to be some form of hierarchy. So I imagine. If we make these small city states, there's always going to be a sheriff. There's always going to be a marshal. There's always going to be, it just keeps going up the hierarchy of different representatives for large groups of people, which kind of sounds like the government because it is. But that one where it was more town basis, where the town had base rules that was the same, but the different, so it could be like every horse thief gets hanged, every murderer gets uh, a trial, then gets hanged. Just base rules like that, but like say different things like stealing might have different crimes in different regions, something stuff like that. I could see that wild justice, wild west justice. I saw that bringing back Hammurabi's code. Yeah, well, a bit. And the third one, which as dumb as it might sound, I think has some merit of truth. Now this is a small nugget, but some merit of truth because it's anarchy society and there are like no laws and you can choose what you want. Drugs would be far more available and far more popular. So a lot more people would be stoned and not wanting to commit violent crimes. 
I would also make the car, uh, the counter argument. People um, would do more bath salts and meth, and I would say they would do more violent crimes if they had those drugs. Right, and that's something I had a point written down for when we were talking about trade. Let's look at a good that countries don't regulate trade. Let's say cocaine. Cocaine is moved across the U.S. border probably every second. It's not regulated. It's moved. You deal with not. It's not. Uh, it's not the small anarchist communities. You're dealing with cartels for the most part, large cartels who do bad shit. And I think that's a lot more of what trading with an anarchist society would look like compared to you know like oil, the oil example, because that's a, a regulated market for the most part. Whereas the cocaine, it's you're dealing with uh, you know cartels, violent cartels growing in places, fucking up the earth killing people and cutting it with fentanyl and who knows what else. So it's not the uh, the regulated. It's like the, um, oh shit, did you ever see the, I think it was Total Frat Move skit about the girl who's like, I only do organic uh, cocaine from like non-destructive sources or, or environmentally friendly cocaine or some shit like that. That sounds really familiar. I don't know where that's from. It's like American Pie or something. It was a YouTube, I think it was a Total Frat Move skit, but it's just based about how about how dumb it is that people are like, oh my gosh, like I'm so so healthy and blah 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 and do cocaine. But what it is is basically saying, yeah, I'm doing cocaine even though I know like it fucks up the planet, it fucks up my health, blah blah blah. Which is something that I think a lot of anarchists would be against. But I think that's one of the most anarchist goods to move across the border because there is no state regulating it. There's no state involved in it at all. I mean, the state's trying to shut it down. Which is exact, which is exactly what an anarchist movement is. Yeah. Uh, I also, I I really think Mexico is pretty close to a anarchical state, and it's not working out really well for them. It's uh, if you want true anarchy, you're going to have negative impacts on the environment. Imagine every imagine nuclear engineers during anarchy. Anyone would be allowed to buy uranium or plutonium. I'll be honest. Majority of the people in the world, even some nuclear engineers, I don't want access to for radiation particles. Now, I, I, I and that's just radiation, like you said, Nick, cocaine, but now oil, just different foods, different regulations for foods, drinks, milk. It, it's uh, how long groceries can be in a grocery store, like transportation of uh, of goods. You're pretty much just going to have to be self-efficient, farming, growing have your own power sources and energy sources, and ne- it will go back to the medieval ages. That's that's where my mind goes to. Is that's the only way you can do it? Is having your own small little village and no outside communication. It's the only way I can see it working. Yeah, I agree. Small small communities is the only way. Just like communism, you can't. You have to be. There's a magic number that communism works. As soon as you go over that number, it doesn't work. I forget the number, but I think anarchism is probably a pretty similar way. It's fine for small communities, but it doesn't work on the larger scale. But if you, I would really love to talk to an anarchist. Like I really struggled to grasp this concept of, of anarchy and how the state would work without some kind of government. And maybe I didn't get get it. And I know the people who are anarchists are just going to tear this apart. But I'd like to have an actual conversation because you're going to have to explain it to me because I, I, I just don't see it working. My biggest question is I don't understand the difference between anarcho-communism and just normal communism 
it just to me seems a horse with a different name. Well, one's that a transition really, into the other. It seems like it, but I feel like there's more to it. And that's one thing I, I really wish. Like, that'd be really cool to have an anarchist on here to talk, discuss, and figure out what on earth is going on. Cause it, I, th- there's no way I, I see it working whatsoever. Agreed. So, Mike, well, I guess if you want to reach out to us, if you're an anarchist, hit us up on YouTube or Instagram at Backyard Philosophy Podcast. And one anarchical state that you can't reach us, Twitter. Because no no matter how much chaos that is, we will not be joining that. Yeah, it's too much anarchy. But Nick, what are uh, what are you reading currently? I am still reading Sex, Death, and Fly Fishing. What about you? Uh, I just finished uh, Ansi Boys by Neil Gaiman. He's the one who wrote American Gods. Really weird book. Just, it's a good book, but weird book. And that with being said, hopefully... There is no violence that occurs in any regime change of a political states, even if we do switch to anarchy. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to Two Fools Ramble About Anarchy, and I thank you all for listening. If you like today's episode, chances are you like other episodes we've made. So when you get the chance, you should give them a listen. And if you have any suggestions of your own you'd like to hear us discuss, you can tell us on our Instagram or on YouTube. And as always, thank you all for listening.